Washington State has stumbled in the last couple of weeks, and there's some chatter about whether it's because Jake Dickert could be looking elsewhere. I do not believe that particular explanation. You are Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pac-12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day and your number one source to stay up to date with our media rights and soon to be mostly team-free. But until then, beloved and loaded conference of champions like comment, subscribe, rate, review, please, and thank you wherever you listen to or watch this show, which today is brought to you by Prize Picks, the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. So Wazoo in the last couple of weeks was all the way up to number 13 in the AP poll after two top 20 wins in their first four games and a couple other dominant wins against inferior opponents. They deserved to be there. My question about them going into the UCLA game was, well, what do they do away from home? Because their only road game was at Colorado State, who's not very good. And they housed them, which is great, but you got to do it on the road. Got to be able to show that you can beat a Power 5 team on the road. They go play UCLA and they lay an egg. They lay an egg and put up just one offensive touchdown, 17 points total. One of those was a pick six from Dante Moore right before the half. So they lose that game. That's a disappointment. But hey, UCLA's a solid team. Chip Kelly's a good coach. Their defense is nasty. So that sort of thing happens. And then Arizona comes to town and does what nobody, I don't think anyone who even bleeds Wildcat Red saw 44 to 6 coming on Saturday. I thought there was a world in which Arizona could win, which we're living in right now. I didn't see an Arizona blowout coming. Did not foresee it. Arizona's a good team. I don't know if Arizona's 44 to 6. Maybe they just caught Washington State on a bad day. But Jake Dicker, when the Michigan State job came open, was rumored as a candidate. And I think it's fair to ask the question hey, maybe he's talking to him and that's causing some issues. And I've seen this back in 2021. Mario Cristobal was talking to Miami, said he wasn't publicly. And, you know, you got to take public statements with a pretty solid and hefty grain of salt. But Mario Cristobal had been talking to Miami about becoming their head coach and Oregon got blown out by the same team twice in three weeks. And then he ended up leaving before the bowl game. I do not buy that that's what is happening here with Washington State. So Jake Dicker came out and passionately denied that uh, he's spoken to anyone, that he's not talking to anyone. He was on the radio with uh, John Canzano and the Bald Face Truth. And he said, quote, I have not talked to a single person not just in the bye week, but any week, John. I love being here. I don't need to defend my position here at Washington State. This is a job that I'm here to do and move our program forward and into the future. We're excited about that. That's been our only focus the whole time. Now, he was more rumored as a potential Michigan State candidate. I, I wouldn't say it was you know, actively out there in the reporting world as to, you know, oh, Dickert could be a guy. And look, I have long said I think Jake Dickert is a good football coach. And he does say there that he hasn't spoken to anybody. Doesn't mean his agent hasn't. Also doesn't mean that any conversations that we do not know one way or the other have taken place. 
can't just be used as leveraged against Washington State to try to get him, you know, a, a raise or an extension or something like that. Coaches and their agents use those sorts of tactics all the time. So when I look at this situation and say, okay, does the play on the field raise an eyebrow? Yes, sort of. The Arizona game does, but the UCLA game does not. My questions for Washington State coming into the year, I asked one big question for every team which are presently defining each team season in one way or another. I had I had two really for Washington State. The primary one was, well, what are you going to get from Cam Ward? Which version of Cam Ward do you get game in and game out? In each of the last two weeks, he's been under 200 yards and had multiple turnovers. They've lost both of those games. When you couple that with the fact that Dickert is saying publicly in pretty clear terms there that he's not talking with anyone, that he's there to be at uh, Washington State and such, That trend of Cam Ward not playing well resulting in Washington State not playing well has been the case since he got to campus in Pullman. That's how it has gone. And that's Washington State's ceiling. They've run for 30, sorry, 47 yards, 47 yards as a team in the last two games combined. Eight quarters of football, they've run for 47 yards. And my secondary question with them is, what do you have on the offensive line? Because that was a weakness a season ago. And I didn't see a lot of big-time transfers coming in on that front. And that's been the problem. They were over overmatched against UCLA. They had a chance to go down and tie the game, trailing by eight. They go with a quarterback power, and they can't get a yard. They were not able to pick up a yard at any point in time. And I think they might struggle running the football in Eugene against Oregon this Saturday as well. So w- when I look at the fact pattern, which is that The Jake Dickert rumors to Michigan State, I mean, it popped up very briefly. So unless he's told them something that he hasn't told all of us, I don't think he's legitimately a top target there. Because his name kind of got tossed out initially, but I haven't heard or seen anything regarding Jake Dickert and Michigan State recently. So unless they're just keeping it all under wraps, which they could be, possible for sure, But I don't think that it's as likely. I think Washington State has just unfortunately laid an egg in the last couple of weeks. They've just played bad with bad matchups, particularly UCLA. UCLA is a team that I think is on Washington State's level this season. I predicted them to have the same record uh, before the season began. UCLA, I think, might be a game or two better than I thought. But still, they're in that sort of range, right? The 7-9 to win range. That's what those teams are. And when you look at that specific matchup, when a lot of other things are equal, you have a better quarterback in Cam Ward. You have, I think, slightly better weapons at UCLA. But I trust, I I think, Washington State's defensive staff, though UCLA looks to have made a really, really good hire with their defensive coordinator. Like A lot of things are similar there, but the matchup was a bad one because Washington State's biggest weakness offensively was UCLA's greatest strength. So... Arizona did the same sort of thing, executed the same game plan. A team that I've also been saying, I've been singing the praises of Arizona right here on the show and saying, I think this is an improved team defensively. Fact check, true. I think this is an improved team overall with a good head coach and good weapons. Fact check, true. They have played really good football this year. So that's why I don't buy that rumors about Dickert going elsewhere could be impacting the play on the field. I don't think it's a crazy out of left field theory. We've seen it in college football on more than one occasion. 
right? You could go back maybe to Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma, Mario Cristobal while, while at Oregon before they went to USC and Miami, respectively. That could happen, could, could absolutely be possible. But I lean 80-20, maybe even more than that, maybe more like 90-10, given the matchups and the way they've played out. Like those Washington State losses have looked the way regular Washington State losses have in the last couple of seasons. They got beat pretty badly against USC last year. Well, Arizona's playing on the same level as USC right now. Took him to double overtime in Los Angeles. I think that game was more about what Arizona did do rather than what Washington State didn't do. I don't think the season is over for the Cougars. They can still get to a pretty good bowl game, have a good matchup, have an 8-9 win season by the time the dust settles. Can they get to the Pac-12 championship game? No. No, unfortunately, they cannot, and they were certainly in a position to proceed on that trajectory after beating Oregon State and looking really good while doing so. But I don't see how the talks have just suddenly ramped up in the last couple of weeks when those early rumors and you know potential reports about, oh, Dickert could be a candidate here. I think that was pretty superficial. And that, that stuff started quite a long time ago. So I, I, I think that the timeline, the fact pattern all lines up to where Washington State just hasn't played good football last week and they've run into a, a tough couple of teams. So what a slate of games this week. Just four. Just four games, but we, we've got a range of outcomes on every one of them. Only two games could truly go either way, but which two be those? We'll talk about that. You can go either way on stat projections on uh, prize picks, though, because that's the way that it works. The largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America, prize picks, is the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. That's it. Instead of battling thousands of other players, pros, sharks, and the like, you just pick more or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. So go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. That's Prize Picks dot com slash locked on college for daily fantasy sports and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. All right. Just four games on the slate this week. The funnest one is without a doubt USC Utah. Everybody knows that. Mark Colkin of Locked On USC and JT Whistersill of Locked On Utes will be right here on the show tomorrow. Yeah, it's going to be a fun time. We haven't done a uh, three-way discussion like that since Utah and Florida. That one went well for the Utes, but what about this one? Let's start with the game of the week when discussing our range of outcomes here, which is becoming a weekly tradition here on a Thursday show, an idea that came from one of you, and I really, really like it. I think it's going well. So, and I've only had one game, Washington State and Arizona, go outside of my range of outcomes so far. That's not bad. That is not bad. So let's talk about the end of range one for Utah at USC, the one that favors the Trojans and the one I find to be the more likely of the two, by the way. Caleb Williams bounces back. Last year, he had a bad game against Oregon State, was under 50% completion, was under 200 yards passing, found a way to win that game. They're playing a better Notre Dame team on the road that didn't throw four interceptions, really just had better quarterback, I should say, uh, in Sam Hartman versus Chance Nolan. But Caleb Williams has done this before, and everyone's wanting to overreact. Oh, see, he's terrible. He's not any good. I'm not in that camp. Coming back at home after an embarrassing loss, 
The end of range one is Williams bounces back. The defense plays just as it did last week, which is more than competent and serviceable. If you look at the yardage numbers, it was the USC offense that lost the game, not the defense. So if USC's defense has eh, just an okay game, but the offense gets rolling, I don't think the Utes are going to be able to sustain drives the way they were able to a season ago with Cam Rising with a lot of that short passing game. They'll do some of it. They'll do some of it for sure. But if USC gets rolling here, I think they can win 45-28. That's the best outcome for USC. What about for Utah? Without Cam Rising, who's not expected to be back, can they win this game? Of course. Absolutely. It is indeed possible. Do not underestimate Kyle Whittingham. Do not underestimate the Utah defense. And the end of range two is Utah runs the ball well, again, as they did last week against Cal. The quarterbacks do just enough, whether that's Bryson Barnes, Nate Johnson, or a combination of the two. And the Utes get it done somewhere in, I'll go like the 28 to 24 range. Their defense plays well. They control the clock, run the football, keep Caleb Williams on the sideline. That is how Utah comes away with this with an outright win. But I like the Trojans this week. I'll get to my Pac-12 prime picks later. They are my favorite bet. Washington State at Oregon. Cougs are a 20-point underdog. We have seen 20-point underdogs win before in college football. This season, on the road, as a matter of fact. Lest we forget Colorado doing it at TCU or what was the other one? That was another one. I forgot. There was Arizona last year, by the way, on the road against UCLA. 19.5-point dog won the game outright. Let's start with the end of range one, which is the Ducks rolling at home, continuing to play well, as they did on Saturday, just didn't execute in a few key moments. But Oregon's got more talent here on both sides of the ball. And Oregon is a team that really likes to run the football. They went for over 200 yards at over five yards of carry on Saturday against the Huskies. And this is a Washington State team that has given up rushing yards this year. 240 to Oregon State, 170 to Arizona. And the Wildcats are not known as a great rushing team. But man, I, I love their assortment of running backs, by the way, down there in Tucson. Jed Fish has got some good things going on. And Oregon State better be ready for him next week because, mm, boy. It's going to be a fun game. The end of range one here for the Ducks is Oregon runs the ball and the defensive line plays as UCLA's did against Washington State's uh, offensive front. And they just completely dominate, take the Cougars out of the rhythm. And Oregon could run away with this game 48 to 17. At the end of range two. Now I went back and forth on this. And I, I, I know, I know I am an Oregon fan. This is 100% true. Oregon has lost games at Autzen Stadium before. It does not happen very often. I think that this matchup is a really bad one for the Cougs because Oregon in the trenches, which is where or, or which is where Washington State has been weakest this season, is where Oregon has been really good. Their front four is really good. They have 19 sacks through six games so far. Their offensive line has allowed just four sacks and they run it as a team at almost seven yards a carry. It's a bad matchup for Washington State. I do not see a world in which Washington State goes in there and gets the outright win. I can see him playing it close because this game last year in Pullman, Washington State should have won the game. Straight up, period, point blank, end of story. They should have won. Not could have, not had the opportunity to. They should have won the game. But Washington State right now, I don't know what the vibes are in the locker room exactly after a 44 to 6 loss, but having to go on the road to Autzen Stadium on their homecoming game is not ideal. And Oregon is highly motivated here after that game against Washington. And I think the quotes that the coaches and players have given on the Ducks side of things bode well 
for what is going on inside that locker room and how they're feeling. But can Washington State give him a real scare? Absolutely. That involves Cam Ward having a game he did last year when he went for, I think, about 400 yards through the air. So if he goes crazy, and if the Ducks have kind of an emotional letdown after last week's big emotional game against Washington, the Cougs, I think, could really put a scare into the Ducks. I don't think they can get the outright win here. 31-27, I think, is where they get it. But I I lean much more towards Oregon in this game. I I think it's a bad matchup for Washington State. So let's get to UCLA-Stanford. UCLA-Stanford, which is going to have my uh, fifth bonus Pac-12 prime pick bet of the week, which I don't normally do, but uh, saw something that I really liked, and I'll explain. End of range one. Either team could win this game. I think UCLA is going to get it done. But either team can win this game. The end of range one. UCLA's front four dominates Stanford's offensive line. UCLA's front four, probably the best in the conference. Stanford's offensive line, among the worst in the conference. Played better last week. That was against Colorado. This is a different unit. If Dante Moore protects the football, I think the Cardinal offensively could really struggle in this game. UCLA and Colorado defensively could not be any more different. You're not putting up 36 or whatever, however many points it was in a half. That's not happening here. So if Dante Moore protects the ball, UCLA could run away with this game. They're favored by 17 points and win 38-14. They could cover that, maybe even win by a tad more. I don't know if they've got the offensive explosiveness yet in the passing game and the synchronicity they need. They can win this game with defense and running the ball, though, because Stanford struggles to stop the run. The end of range two does, to me, include a Stanford upset. It does. Is it easy? Absolutely not. Possible? Yes, it is. So that has to start with Ashton Daniels, who needs to be the starting quarterback for the Cardinal. I presume he will be. He most definitely should be. Earned it last week. If he keeps it going and is protected well enough, and the wide receivers run crazy, and the defense is able to do what everyone else has done against Dante Moore this season and force turnovers, then yeah, Stanford could win the game and pull a big upset here, 24-20. to I don't know that that's likely. Stay tuned for the Pac-12 prime pick selection later in the game, though. Finally, range of outcome for ASU at Washington. The end of range one looks a little something like this. Washington stays full steam ahead. They continue to roll at Husky Stadium, where they just beat a team by three that is much better than Arizona State, where they still threw for over 300 yards and still put up 36 points. Arizona State's defense is sneaky nice. It really is. Held Colorado to 27 points, or was it 27-31, somewhere in that range. Colorado didn't have a bunch of points, and ASU played well against Cal as well. Like Their defense has played some nice football this season. They haven't faced Washington. They haven't faced a team like Washington yet, except for USC. They gave up 42 at home. This is on the road. The Huskies could roll here. They're 26.5-point favorites right now, according to our friends at FanDuel. 59-17, if Washington continues to get pressure and sacks, is where this game could go. And it could be over quickly, and it could get ugly. It's a big line for a reason. And it's one of the two games that I don't think could have either team losing at the end of it. I don't think there's a world in which Washington loses this game. I know ASU was the last team to beat the Huskies. You know what the line on that game was? Washington minus 14 and a half. Here they are at home, 26 and a half. Washington is an even better version, though very similar to last year's team. And Arizona State, look, they could hang around. They could cover. I could see it. They did it against USC. They're 34-point dogs at home. At home. And they ended up covering that. Played a close game. It was a one-possession game in the fourth quarter. 
if the ASU defense keeps playing well, coming off of a bye, by the way, Cameron Scadaboo runs the ball well, as Bucky Irving and Jordan James did a week ago on that very field against that very team and kind of chews up some clock, makes Michael Penix watch from the sideline, ASU could hold them under 40. Put up a few points, 38-24. A win, in a, or a win for Washington to cover for ASU. And that's the best possible outcome there. We still got more to get to, including the Pac-12 prime picks. And what about two teams in the playoff? What about what about two Pac-12 teams in the playoff? It's really, really tough. What's not tough is going to Jace Medical and getting your Jace case, which has got five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. You can also customize your case and get additional life-saving medications based on your unique needs. In a world full of uncertainty, natural disasters, and supply chain issues, you don't want to be caught unprepared. Take charge to be in charge of your medical situation at home and get yourself a Jace case. Jace Medical offers customizability for your Jace case with dozens of add-on medications. Choose the medications that best fit you and your family's unique needs. Go to jacemedical.com, enter code locked on at checkout for a $20 discount on your order. That's promo code locked on at jasemedical.com to get your Jace case today and be prepared for the unexpected. Promo code locked on at jasemedical.com. That's Jace Medical to get your Jace case today. Can the Pac-12 get two teams in the playoff? No, I don't think so. I don't think so because we live in a world of the four-team playoff, and there's still a long way to go. Here's the thing. Washington looks awesome right now. They are a really good football team. They still have a lot of good football teams to play on their schedule. They've still got to go at USC, who I think is going to bounce back this week and remind people, hey, we're not as good as you thought preseason, but we're still a good football team. If I told you right now, Washington loses at USC, is that is that shocking? Is that a big upset? No, it's a game that Washington can win. Heck, we'll see how I'm feeling. I might even predict Washington to win that game I did before the season. But when you look at the totality of their schedule at USC, Washington State in a rivalry game, though, I don't think they'll have as much of an issue with the Kooks. Between at USC, at Oregon State, and hosting Utah, the odds of going undefeated in those games pretty tough. Is Washington capable? Sure. It's still really hard. It is still a hard thing to do. They won't have a problem this week against ASU or next week against Stanford, but then everything gets really, really tough for the Huskies. And then you're looking at, you know, Washington is the only undefeated team left in the Pac-12. USC is undefeated in Pac-12 play, but Washington's the only unbeaten that remains in the conference as a whole. Meaning that in more, it is more likely than not, in my view, that Washington makes the Pac-12 championship game. It's also more likely than not, in my view, they are going there with one loss. I think that is a pretty likely outcome. I had them at 10-2 and before the season, but I had them losing to Utah, and I don't know that Utah is quite the team that they're capable of being when they don't have Cam Rising at the helm. So I look at Washington and say, look, if they get there at 11-1, and like it, it, it all relies on Washington. The only way in which the Pac-12 could get two teams into the playoff, Washington has to go 12-0, and do what has never been done before, and that's go unbeaten in Pac-12 play. Maybe this is the year. It would be kind of poetic in its final iteration. Washington would have to go 12-0, and and either Oregon, Oregon State, USC, or Utah would have to win out and then win the Pac-12 championship game 
so that you had a pair of 12 and one teams, a 12 and one conference champion, a 12 and one non-conference champion that went undefeated in the regular season. That's the only world. And I know that it feels right now like that's going to happen. Historically, it hasn't. Just give it some time. I think there can be a loss in there, which is not an indictment on Washington. They're a very good team, a college football playoff caliber team. But everything has to go so right. And then the other thing, too, is when the Pac-12 title game comes around, whichever 11-1 team is playing Washington would then have to beat them. Like that, there's only one way for the Pac-12 to get two teams into the playoff, and they need help from other conferences too. And there are a lot more realistic outcomes in which that doesn't happen. So I don't think that's uh, particularly likely at this point in time. Let's wrap up today's show with this week's edition of the Pac-12 Prime Picks. I'll be talking tomorrow with JT Wistersill of Locked On Utes and Mark Colkin of Locked On USC all about that game. So we're getting the Prime Picks in today. Let's start with pick number one, Oregon hosting Washington State. As I said earlier, there's a world in which Washington State can make this a close competitive football game. It's all relying on Cameron Ward, and I do not trust Washington State's offensive line right now. And I don't trust their defense as much as I would like to right now when it comes to stopping the run. They've got a couple of really good edge players in Brandon Jackson and Ron Stone Jr. Oregon has been a prolific team running the football this year 6.7 yards a carry that's a greater average than what washington state allowed against oregon state who went for 240 in pullman this game at Autzen stadium everything to me here leans ducks i think final score 48 to 20 oregon wins uh, i'll swallow the 20 points on that one usc is up to a seven point favorite would i like it better at six and a half i would i would for sure because it's a lot of points But this is a bounce-back spot for USC to me. Went on the road, got embarrassed, coming back home, playing a team who they were motivated to beat before the season even started. Caleb Williams, I think, has a big game here and goes for a bunch of yards, even against a good Utah defense, a great, excuse me, a great Utah defense. I don't trust the Utes offense away from home. They had a good week last week. They did it against Cal, and they did it at home. This is on the road. I don't love USC's de- excuse me. I don't love USC's defense, but they played better last week against Notre Dame. I think they can do enough against a pretty limited offense without Cam Rising at the helm. Trojans 38, Utes 27, I'll swallow USC minus seven. Washington at home, giving up less than four touchdowns. Gosh, it's a big number. It's a big, big number. But Washington is trying to make a statement right now. They beat Oregon. They're undefeated. Number five in the AP poll. You don't think they want to put up the sort of number that makes you go, wait, why are they five? Why are they not three? Why are they not two? I think Washington can absolutely roll. I think their defense at home is going to be better than people think. I like ASU's defense. I saw them at home play USC, whose offense I don't like as much as Washington's, by the way, especially after last week. That was that 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 previous thought was definitely confirmed. I look at Washington and say, that team at home is just going to roll. And they just keep rolling people over and over again. Huskies got me uh, a point in the win column last week. I think they'll do it again. 26 and a half, big number, but I think they win. Huskies 52, Arizona State 24. And I think ASU, that's kind of the high end of their scoring limit here. Washington's defense is better than you think. 
Stanford. What to do with Stanford as they take on UCLA. I can see an upset here, not predicting it though. I like the Bruins because I just like Oregon and Washington State. This is a bad matchup for Stanford. Colorado is the right matchup because Colorado is all about stuff on the perimeter and Stanford's clearly got better perimeter players than we thought. This is not what UCLA is going to do. They're going to line up and run the football and they're going to have a tough time stopping the run as they have for the last couple of seasons. However, I don't think UCLA is in full-blown attack mode with the air component of their offense, with the passing component of their offense, if you will. I think UCLA wins. I like a Stanford cover at plus 17. They've been a good team at home. They played Oregon tight for a quarter and a half. They took Arizona down to the wire, by the way. Let's not forget about that. 21-20 was the final score there. Stanford lost, but Stanford was a big underdog in that game too. They're getting even more points here. I don't think UCLA is quite explosive enough in the passing game or consistent enough to run up the score and cover that 17. Stanford 30, or excuse me, no, 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 not Stanford 30. UCLA 30, Stanford 17, which leads me to my fifth bet of the week because I like having the odd numbers to have a definitive winning or losing week. And I just, I'm I'm going with this because I like it. I saw the number when I'm looking around. UCLA at Stanford, under 53 and a half, according to our friends at FanDuel. I'm on, I'm I'm, I'm in. I'm in on under 53 and a half. This is a nasty UCLA defense. It's going to be an outmatched Stanford offensive line. There's a world in which the Cardinal don't put up more than 13 points. At which point in time you're saying UCLA would then have to score over 40? Have, have they done that this season against an actual team? Fact check, they have not. Beat San Diego State on the road 35-10. I think this is a similar kind of game, but I like Stanford's offense a little bit more than San Diego State's. So I'll take the Cardinal to 17 points, but the under 53.5 is the fifth bonus bet of the week. So we're looking at the big game of the week tomorrow on the show. Utah and USC will be breaking it all down right here on Locked On Pac-12. Appreciate everyone listening. I'll see you next time. And until then, hope you have a wonderful rest of your day.